Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is the spooky guardian, Josh Finney. God, I, I really just don't like Halloween at all. Like, as a holiday, I, I could not give less of a shit. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I'm very ready. We're five days away. The only thing I look forward to around Halloween time is watching uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and that takes like 30 minutes of my time. So, <laughs> and Mupp- I-, I watch Muppets Haunted Mansion too now, so. Yeah, Muppets Haunted Mansion is pretty good. I'm Listen, I've been starved of Muppets content for like the last 15 years. I'll take whatever I can get, no matter how mediocre at this point. Yeah, it's fair. And it was mediocre. It was actually good. So, speaking of Muppets, so was Do- Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem was a great show, too. Ooh. You know, speaking of the Muppets, did you speaking see that they Muppets. removed the Miss Piggy statue in front of the ride or the show? It's distressing. They need to put it back in. I know. Did you see what they did while they were refurbishing it? They just put a bunch of shrubs that were in, like, wagons around it. That sounds, that sounds like minimum effort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. Pizza Rizzo was in the same courtyard, so I didn't expect much. Oh, man. I'm like, okay, I get it, but also... Yeah, I get what you're going for, but... <laughs> uh. um, no, they're doing, like, they're going to, like, do some Christmas thing over at uh, over Hollywood Studios this year, and uh, Kermit and uh, the Muppets are going to be part of it. So Great. Along with Max from uh, the Goofy movie, dressed in his Powerline costume. And the Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh man, that's so awesome! Oh, dude, I, love... I saw that and I was like, "God damn it!" Of course, this is the year that my dad's family doesn't want to go, and I'm like, "Dad, we should go just so I can hang out with Powerline Max." And I had to explain to him what Powerline Max was, and he's like, "Son, you're 31." Like, dude, I can't wait to see Powerline Without children. Max. <laughs> Without children, he, he had to, he had to drive that dagger in. So, well, to be fair, you don't have children. Yes, but he was using he was citing that as a reason that I should not be excited for this. I know. <laughs> oh my, man, my family. Um, man, it's been a week. My eyes fucking hurt. They're so sore right now. I know. My I'm not I'm not sleeping well, so everything hurts right now. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, my everything. That that's good. Like we we have gotten 7 inches of rain in the last 24 hours. Ooh where i live it finally stopped uh earlier today and it's gonna pick right back up tomorrow afternoon and it's nice. gonna rain for like the next five days oh dude i'm here for it we are we're we were having drought and fire warnings in late october um Ooh. we also have a massive cold front moving and we are gonna be 45 degrees for the high on monday nice i'm so excited my yeah, my hoodies here. are coming out I'll actually put sleeves on this one when it happens. Ooh. Very excited. It's sleeves it's be for nice. Josh. I, yep, I can bust out my uh, my vault of glass uh, windbreaker. Bust out my raid jacket. I'm, I'm excited. Nice. The world. The Rangers are in the World Series this week. I know you were really worried on Monday. Oh my god! I was Xbox like, casuals. if I if I could have been pacing during Xbox Casuals, I would have been pacing, and my concern was completely unfounded. Apparently. Uh, that happened. the The Mavs did not lose to Victor Wembanyama in his first NBA game. Yeah, the Cavs won by one. 
last yeah week. i saw people like trying to say it was like some big gotcha moment i'm like no <laughs> you won by one against the brooklyn nets who are not good yeah I would not be impressed by this. Although I did find it very funny that Cam Thomas uh, fell when Donovan Mitchell juked him, and it was like the exact same fall that he had against Luca. Yeah, that's uh, just so good. Luca cussed in the post game interview last night. Did he? Yeah, he was on ESPN, and he was they were asking him about uh, our rookie center who like balled the fuck out. He was awesome. Yeah. He he had he had better stat stat lines than Wemby did, and. Uh, they're like, what's it like playing with him? He's like, oh my god. He's like, I, I told him how proud of him I was. He's like, man, he's just he's he he's fucking amazing. Oh oh shit, sorry. Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> it was so funny, and then so they they ribbed him about it in the uh, in the interview room after, and he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I said that. He's like, he's like, he, he or he was like, no, I didn't, I didn't say that. He was like denying it because he didn't want to get fined by the NBA, even yeah. though all of America saw it on ESPN as the primetime game he's yeah. like uh well that that basically means good morning good morning in slovenia so <laughs> that's funny i thought it was really funny it, it was great it, it was nice to see him smiling and uh jason kidd had a had some bullshit lineups but you know we won that's yeah. all that matters i mean that's basically jason kidd's mo at this point god i fucking hate jason kidd so much <laughs> I hate him. Don't you wish you had JB Bickerstaff? No, actually, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I wish I had Lucas coaches from Europe that don't speak a lick of English. <laughs> Dude, JB Bickerstaff has been rumored to be getting fired for the last like three years, but yeah, I don't. We went. I don't... We went through a whole year and a summer of Jason Kidd rumors. I, I'm right there with you, buddy. People, people, including me, were calling for him to be fired as soon as we saw his uh, pregame lineup last night. He took, you know, let's not play the guy that we just gave a $42 million extension to in right. the starting lineup. Let, let's play Derek Jones Jr., who was on a $1.8 million minimum veteran salary this year in the yeah. starting lineup instead, when he started seven games total in his entire career. He lasted oh. six minutes before being pulled. Yeah, it's because right. our team gave up 46 points in the first quarter. Yikes. And then we held them to under 25 in each of the following quarters because we didn't play Derek Jones Jr. Wow. Victor Weminyama was in foul trouble with uh, not even halfway to go in the third quarter still. It was beautiful. <laughs> People wow. are like, how is he in foul trouble? Oh, the, the, refs, the refs are just being mean to him. And I'm like, He's seven foot six. He's basically Gumby with a basketball. Like my dude, he he's gonna swing his arms and he's inevitably hitting somebody. Like that's a foul, no matter how you slice it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe he got away with this shit in Europe because they didn't know what to do. But man, you, you can't you just can't you can't just smack people in the head with with your big ass Gumby arms. That that dude fucking terrifies me. I saw him move quickly, and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah, he's uh gonna be something. That scared me almost as much as seeing Luka Doncic actually sprint down the court last night. <laughs> Corey, he sprinted up and down the court on fast breaks, not a light jog. He actually sprinted on breakaways. That's he played great true. with Kyrie. He played defense. 
He got two steals in the last three minutes of the game, mind you. Wow. And above all else, he did not whine to the refs one time last night. Wow. Well, and he I mean, played it's... eight minutes less than his average. It, it, God, it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Jeez. <laughs> so it's only, game, it's only game one, Josh. I don't fucking care. This this season's a success. Start the Der- Derek Lively Rookie of the Year campaign right now. Luca's winning the MVP. Oh man, he actually probably that's will, funny. But... Josh, by the way, Corey. Yes. By the way. By the way, the Cavs or the Browns are not starting Deshaun Watson again this weekend. What? <laughs> He's not playing this weekend. Oh, I thought you said that. I misheard you. I thought you said that he was playing, and I'm like, ah. Oh no, he's not playing. the The rumor is they're trying to bring Jacoby Brissett back. <laughs> I'm like, you shouldn't have let him go in the first place, you idiots. Now we're stuck oh, with God. TDR and PJ Walker. <laughs> PJ Walker. Oh Dude, my gosh! There, just... There's a guest. There's a guest on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show today, who. Uh, said that P.J. Walker orchestrated two straight wins against good football teams. And I'm like, did you watch Did you watch the game? Did you, did you watch the game? Well, Corey, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we signed Frank Clark this afternoon, who is playing on Sunday and is going to make it his mission to completely destroy your quarterback. That's fine. That's fine. Did you know our third string tight end is our emergency quarterback? He may be playing. <laughs> Harrison there, Bryant. There is approximately a, a 63% chance he will have to play at some point. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not expecting it to win anyway. It can't be any worse, can it? Oh, I know. We've lost Nick Chubb. We lost Deshaun Watson. We don't have a backup quarterback. Who else Who else have we lost? Oh, we lost both of our or our starting right tackle um, so we have a bunch of bums playing wide receiver, except for Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper's a borderline bum at this point, so. He's, he's been pretty good for us, unless I'm just used to terrible quarterbacks, which Thank is you. also may or may I not mean, be true. It's probably more true than not. Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback you'd had in 25 years, and you guys showed him the door promptly. I'm aware. I was very upset with that. By the way, I want that. Or you know what I'm not upset about? Destiny. I'm not upset about these season 23 updates that we got. Ooh, let's break them down, Josh. Let's let's break it down. We uh, almost 15 minutes into the show. We we did this the other (laughs) night with Spider Man. Um, Wait, hold on. Time out. One second. Time out. One One second. second. Stop DMing me on Instagram and Twitter and telling us to start a half hour sports show every week. No, no, it's not happening. Stop. No, <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, it would be 30 minutes of us complaining about our teams. And then, yeah, it would literally it. only be us complaining about our teams. Yeah, there would be nothing of substance being done in that show. Um, <laughs> uh, so we pretty short swab this week. We're, we're just going to jump in and do these because the, the bigger thing that we have is we have a Dev Insights blog preview for season 23 changes. Um, so the biggest news though, here in this, in this hallowed twab, Corey, hallowed twab, 
starting in season 23. Oh boy, Josh has his excited voice and his excited smile on right now. You'll be able to access your vault from orbit. What? I'm so excited. Yes. I'm so excited for this. Is such a little change, and I like that. So some of the senior UI developers were talking about this on Twitter earlier. They're like, we understand that a lot of people like to use DIM, but so much of our player base doesn't know that those applications exist or just don't want to use them. You know, don't sit where they have access to a second screen and things like that, because like the DIM app has never worked well on the phone. Um, and I'm not going to use it in a mobile browser. So I, I'm one of those. I also don't like the Bungie companion app. I think it's really bad. Um, yeah. I've had some really bad desyncing before um, with trying to get things to and from my vault. And like, oh, you have to, you have to know the exact name. You, know, you have to scroll. Like, I have to go into every one of them and see which, which parts is ready. It's really annoying. So I'm really, really happy for this. Um, I'll be able to do this. I know that a lot of us were kind of cutting out the middleman and just running to the helm because it was quicker to load in that way. Yeah. Um, than going to the tower, but hopefully this will cut down on the in between every activity i need to run to the helm or i need to run to the tower oh just sit there and do it in orbit while we're loading um so i'm really excited for this i i think this is really cool um they also have a note on here that uh we are exploring additional areas to give more freedom to access the vault in game for potential future releases we will keep you posted Ooh. Uh, i have to think that that's going to be similar to what they've done with uh both oh, i guess they didn't do it in the witch queen i guess the only place that they did it at was uh lightfall i think you can access your vault next to nimbus in lightfall nimbus yeah on uh on Nimun. i think you can access your vault there you can um that feels like something that they will probably bake into all future destination releases um just because i mean that that's just kind of a common sense thing i think yeah um, I don't think sense. they'll do it as drastic as, oh, you can access the vault anytime while you're playing, because I think that's silly. But, uh, and I don't think it'll be like, oh, you can access it at the beginning of a strike or, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it's got to, like, even if they did do that, it would have to be disabled for raids and stuff like that, right? So I could see them do it. I actually could see them doing it at, like, the load in area for raids. Yeah. Or, like, um, after each I checkpoint, I guess, it. after each boss, I guess you could. Maybe, um, I guess. Possibly. Um, I feel like maybe they have one at the beginning and then one right before the boss. Um, that would work in a lot of the raids, I think, because there's like always like a calm spot before you get down to the boss. Yeah. Um, that I feel like you could put a you could put a vault station at. Um, and I think it would have to be somewhere that like, oh, you can still access it if you wipe. Um so like it can't be something like, oh you you like you jump down on the platform and like oh you're you're permanently stuck there. So like or it just like disappears when you start the encounter or something like that. I don't know. Right. But I do think that's probably what they're referring to here is destination releases and maybe like raids and or dungeons will have yeah. something you can access before a final boss. I don't think it'll be before every encounter, but I think specifically final bosses they'll do it. Um, there's been some glitches in the past with like not getting your guaranteed red border if your inventory is totally full in certain activities. Hmm. So I think this would be a way to combat that as well. Um, other changes. Ghost mods are going to be changing. Uh, the economy team is going to uh, change a lot of the cost of these for combo wombo detectors, 
uh, all of the armorer mods and the harvest mods are all going to change. Hmm. Um, they are all going down in cost, and that is to let you use more of these at once, which is really cool. Um, a lot more options how to set up your ghost while keeping the high value XP mods slotted. Those are the only things that are not changing in value, I believe, are the XP mods. Hmm. Um, with the right setup, you might find yourself with a ghost mod in every slot. We're playing to check in with what ghost loadouts you all choose to rock as you go through season 23, and we'll use that information to further plan further tweaks and upgrades to the system down the line. Uh, that's cool. I think most of us like always have on um, the XP boosts. Get the get the 12%. Yeah. Um, I know I never take it off unless I'm specifically hunting a piece of armor, but now I can have like one or two of those on at all times, which is really nice. Um I like that. Rahul is getting some changes also. Um, you are now going to be able to purchase um, three prisms, three shards, three alloys, and 15 enhancement cores from him per week, um, which is really, really cool to me. Um, and you can also break down uh, one uh, enhancement prism into five enhancement cores for 2,500 Glimmer three times a week as well. Uh, so, cool. Like, they're going to have... I think they're going to have to increase that one, personally. Uh, I don't think that one is going to break the game at all. Uh, being able to break down prisms into cores, I think it's, like, kind of silly to stop that right now. Because the only people who are going to use this a lot are the people who are upgrading tons of armor who are already grinding out the end game. Why make it even worse? I'm just let them have it. Who cares? They're better than us in skill alone already. <laughs> just just mm -hmm. let them do it. Like limit the golf balls, sure, but who fucking cares about everything else? Like we have a, we have a gigantic limit of these things for a reason. I suspect you're going to give us even more in our passes now. Just just do it. Just do it. I've I've got like five stacks of them. I really don't care if other people start stacking them up. Right. Yeah. Um, and we only have one other thing here in this job, Corey. One other thing. We have one other Is it thing. a big thing, there, Josh? Not really. Um, there are, there's, there's a bunch of Halloween submissions you can go look at here with, uh, fashion and, um, some arts and crafts that people did. I don't like the submissions here personally for a lot of these, uh, guardians. They look pretty boring for the most part i personally think our ones in the discord are better airmail addict shout out shout out to them i personally we have a fashion contest going on and i will not confirm nor deny but i may have voted for airmail addicts buzz Lightyear look That's uh Joasa submitted a tormentor um the doctor submitted one uh he submitted a drifter cosplay which is awesome uh we had some really really good entries to the fashion contest this year Oh my gosh, um, dude! The Buzz Lightyear one's awesome. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to uh, to talk about the winner next week. But uh, there's some awesome ones. There's Ziltax is a is running around as a dinosaur. Uh, World Jukebox uh, has like a really cool like Diablo inspired look going. Yeah, I see that. That's um, cool. Like Titan classes, like Skeleton Spider. Um, Saint has like a, a Necromancer like Reaper Hunter going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some really cool stuff. Uh, Illustrated Deo, uh, don't don't leave them out. Kind of combine the uh, the Crota's end armor with uh, some of the skull. Uh, the skull Saint fourteen helmet is awesome on that look. I think. 
Yeah. It like kind of like looks almost Attack on Titan inspired. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. We we had some great submissions this year. I really like it. I'm excited to uh, get to dub the freak show title on somebody at the end of this. Nice, dude. It's so it's so, so good, man. This Buzz Lightyear one is pretty cool. The uh, the Spider Saint good. one looks cool too. Yeah, I I, I really really like the uh, the nominations that we got this year. I'm very happy. Um, and we are leaving voting up for a couple more days on that. Uh, we just put it live this afternoon. Shout out to Nerd for helping me get that all set up. Nerd's the best. Uh, he really is. He, uh, my man has been real busy this season, but uh, he'll hopefully be around a little bit more uh, going forward. That the, the move is mostly complete. Oh, yeah, uh, we got one more note here in our, uh, in our TWAB. Um, the, uh, and we're just, we're just going to read this as it is um it's as is common, but uh it's been coming up more and more uh, i've been seeing it in uh, in some reddit threads and twitter threads and whatnot the connection between carry services and cheating bungie's product security team continues to protect players from cheating and enable players to experience the game as its talented designers intended over the past year we've observed an increase in accounts being stolen and sold without the account owner's permission by boosters paid carry services and cheat developers such services also appear to harvest and sell any other personal or financial information that they come across. There's an increasingly clear relationship between boosting services and cheating. Primarily, boosting and paid carry services frequently resort to cheats to churn through as many customers as fast as possible. After those customers are churned through, the carry service will then sell the account credentials to other bad actors. Cheat developers, in turn, use packs of stolen accounts to evade bans and enable further cheat development. Ultimately, services to offer to skirt the integrity of the game are not likely to be trustworthy with the player's account and personal information. In addition to the untrustworthiness of these services, they are also against the terms of service and end up as the basis of a permanent ban on the account. Uh, we have again remind you to protect your account. Do not use account recovery or cheat services. Saying your fingers were not on the keyboard when the cheating occurred will not help you in the appeal. The loss of your Bungie account due to bad behavior by untrustworthy service is only one small way you can be burned. Um... There, there's been a lot of controversy over the past year or so as uh, Bungie has taken steps to ban more and more people. And there's been people screaming that their accounts were erroneously banned. I've never cheated. I would never do anything like that. And then it comes out later on that they did, in fact, do something. They used some sort of boosted recovery or a plug-in or something along those lines. And yeah. um, Just play the game, guys. Just play the game. Play the fucking, yeah, play the fucking game. Like, realistically, like, yeah, sometimes you're not going to be good enough. Like, you don't need to pay for carries and trials. Like, just accept that you're not good enough and move on. Like, I get that it's yeah. frustrating, but do you really care that much about, are you paying, like, actual money for pixels on a screen? Like, I've accepted that I'm not good enough for trials. For, so. for titles and for gear and stuff? Like, I don't think anything outside of, like, you know, some of the master maybe some of the master raids and like grandmaster nightfalls are like actually hard in terms of pve content yeah like you know i hate to be that person get good um like find an lfg like there are plenty of people who will be willing to help you through that stuff like trials is a different beast altogether like and i that that's where most of this is referring to right mm -hmm. like without saying it that's where most of it's referring to that's the whole reason why we have the anti cheat uh protection in place that's why you can't play the game on a steam deck without certain you know plugins and whatnot um yeah i but, usually uh 
I usually see it for trials and raids mostly. Like, I yeah, I've I seen see I've seen it less time. and less for raids. I see it for like the forty eight hour window, and that's about it. Um, I'll see it for people like, oh, you know, I'm doing carries through and this and that. Like, there's a difference between carrying and doing something like this too. I want to be totally clear. It's different to put a couple friends in your backpack and carry them through stuff. Yeah. That's not what we're referring to here. What we're referring to here is people who are like willingly exchanging money to, you know, the ads that you see on like Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, on, uh, on uh, sites that, you know, churn your information, uh, that use your, uh, your cookies and whatnot. Because I've seen it pop up on destiny related sites before. And uh, it's always funny, like seeing something like that pop up on like Ishtar Collective. Yeah, I find that really funny. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want carries and trials. Yeah, I don't need somebody to earn my seasonal seals for me either. If you're paying for that, I just, I have no words. You, uh, you truly are lost if you're paying for seasonal titles. Yeah, really. Like you might as well just like not play. The Why game play the either. game? Yeah. Why play the game? Yeah. These, and like, uh, what's funny is I've seen some of these same people who have like been banned turn around and be like, or complaining before the band, like there's nothing to do in the game. Like, well, damn, with all this free time you have, you could play one of 2023's amazing games. Yeah. Like Spider-Man two or super Mario brothers wonder or the thousand other Apparently, games. Apparently Alan Wake two. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of mixed reviews though. Uh, Alan Wake two has a 94 on Metacritic. <laughs> There's no mixed reviews. <laughs> it has a 94 on Metacritic. That game fucking rocks, apparently. Uh, I'm a little scared to see how it runs on consoles, but that's beside the point. Don't cheat. The end. Game Informer gave it a 7.75. Well, Game Informer sucks, so that is by far the lowest score. <laughs> I sat there and watched all the 10 out of 10s come in this morning. Who reviewed it at Game Informer, by the way? Does uh, it say? It was Kyle Hilliard. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, it's the only name I recognize anymore from Game Informer, to be honest. Yeah, I thought he got laid off. I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to keep my opinions to myself. Let's just move on. I don't care. <laughs> uh, season 23, we have a weapons tuning preview from the developers. Um so we're we'll we'll jump into uh, what some of these some of the updated archetypes such as autos, pulses, glaives, etc. are gonna have. There's a lot of uh, exotic changes here and some future stuff to talk about as well. Um, one of our juicy changes here at the very beginning. Juicy. So they said um, when we look at weapon balance in PVE, there are several questions that we ask ourselves. It's not an exhaustive list. This is a basic list of questions. What is the intended role for the weapon? What ammo type does the weapon use? How safe is it to use the weapon? How easy is the weapon to use? And how much DPS does it do compared to other options? Then they answer all of those for auto rifles. And here on number two, they all use primary ammo. And then in parentheses, for now. Ooh, spicy. Um, Yes, uh, super spicy. I'm taking this to mean that this is probably referring to the new healing archetype that they talked about during the uh, Final right. Shape Showcase. You're right. Yeah, um, that would make it sense. would not surprise me to see a new archetype debuted as an exotic first and then yeah. to figure out how much room they have to play with. Because yeah. I don't think the actual archetype will make its way to legendaries. So just like we know they've said it'll be a legendary. I just don't know how many they'll do. 
considering heal clip is already a perk. Yeah. But I think making a whole archetype around it and like limiting the amount of weapons to set archetype yeah. probably will make it a rarer mm-hmm. legendary drop than something that can drop with heal clip. Right. You're because you're talking about that one they announced. Than heal clip. You're talking about that one they announced during the showcase, right? The one where yes. you shoot your uh allies and they heal you. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's cool, and that would make sense if that's a special ammo one because they want to limit the amount that you're using something like that. Uh, because otherwise, you could just have somebody like standing in the back during raid DPS shooting your allies if it's strong enough, right? Um, I bet that weapon gets like a ton of adjustment during the course of the year next year because probably. they're going to try to tune it. I mean, they're they're going to have to. It's it's either going to be super underwhelming when it comes out so they can just buff it as needed or it's gonna be super duper broken yeah there's really no in between i don't think there's any way that thing launches balance i was shocked that strand launched even remotely as balanced as it did um we discovered a couple of weapons with mistimed ammunition loading in uh animations including drang and zoe's bane i know that's the concern that we all have uh auto rifle dps we are increasing damage against Red bar combatants by 10%. Let's go. I haven't really noticed it lagging, but I'll take it anyways. Uh, Pulse rifle DPS in PvE is comparable, or comparable, not comparable, comparable to scout rifle damage, but in this new sandbox, they are more closely aligned with hand cannons and auto rifles in terms of range. So we have increased their damage against minor and major combatants to move them closer to the other mid-range options. Increased damage against red and orange bar combatants by 12.5%. Great, because I have noticed that pulses do not feel as good in PvE. And that would be because they're on par with scouts, which also do not feel good in PvE. Yeah, I've noticed that recently too. Especially, I mean, I've noticed it more in scouts than pulse rifles, but... Yeah, I I, I've I've noticed it in pul- unless you're using like a high impact pulse. I've noticed it. Yeah, um, high impact pulses and um, those are your like your three forties and your three nineties are still working pretty good. Um, I've noticed it in the more rapid fire pulses, but those are still the rapid fire ones. Even though they may not do as much DPS, are still great options whenever there's a pulse rifle mod for champs. Yeah, because they fire so quickly with their bursts. Yeah. The big one, uh, the most extensive one that we're going to talk about here in this blog, and it, it truly does take up like a quarter of the blog, is the Glaive rework. Um, this has received a lot of mixed reception. And by mixed, I mean a lot of it's been bad. Yeah. Um, I wonder if any of this is going to be walked back. Well, let's, let's go ahead and talk about these. So Glaive projectiles. They were generally just slow enough they felt unreliable to use against fast-moving targets, and Impulse Amplifier was seen as a must-have perk for Glaive usage in PvP. Yep, I run Impulse Amplifier on on my Void one, for example. Uh, In PvE, the Glaive projectiles felt underpowered compared to other special ammo options like fusion rifles and shotguns. Fusion rifles, yes. Shotguns, I still felt like this was doing damage, but I had Impulse Amplifier and... um, I used Thresh with mine a lot, so I was getting my super back quicker. Um, But I I could see where you would think that. Uh, Definitely not as good as fusions. I mean, maybe shotguns are, like, fine if you're, like, getting up in people's faces. But I never really noticed a problem with um, shooting the the, uh, bursts. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's that's just me. Um, I got really used to hip-firing that sucker. 
So we gave Glaives a healthy portion of the Impulse Amplifier buff at base and increased their damage in PvE by a substantial amount to make them feel more worthy of their limited ammo. In PvP, the increased projectile speed has greatly improved their ease of use, so we brought the damage dealt by the projectile down just a bit to keep Glaives in line. So it seems that everybody is okay with the projectile speed going up by 30%, the projectile damage increasing in PvE by 25%, they don't like that it's doing less projectile damage in PvP because I think it was already really hard to use the projectiles in PvP. Source, I've tried to use it in PvP quite a bit. Um, you can use it in certain modes to just beat the shit out of everybody, but that's about it. Um, aggressives are going to get 123 projectile damage. Adaptives, 113. Rapid fire is 101. That's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. That that requires you to get two hits for a kill, and that's not at all comparable to fusion rifles or shotguns, which one bang people um, yeah. most of the time. So, uh, I definitely think that the projectile damage is in a bad spot and is going to need to be looked at. Yeah, um, I could understand maybe uh, your rapid fires not because of because again as the name applies the rate of fire i can understand those maybe not doing it maybe you need to get two shots with that like two body shots with a glaive should kill somebody yeah that's all i'm gonna say two body shots should kill no matter what um especially when it comes to a special weapon you know we've seen it with snipers like oh you have to get the headshot body shots won't kill on impact well if that's what you're going for here that's fine because this is like a mid-range option but this isn't this isn't a long-range one where you can line up somebody in a scope this isn't you have the short-range melee option, but you're probably going to die if you're going up against a shoddy, just realistically. So there there has to be some give and take there, I think. Uh, in regards to the melee ability, the long delay between firing projectile and being able to melee made Glaive feel clunky and unintuitive to use, so we've reduced that delay to a more manageable amount. The delay exists so you cannot dive on other players and fire then melee as a single event, but three-fourths of a second was definitely more conservative than what we needed to prevent that behavior. It should now feel far more intuitive to shoot a projectile and follow up with the melee attack without it feeling overly frustrating to fight someone using that combo. The delay after your firing before you can melee has been moved from 0.75 seconds to 0.2 seconds. I'm here for it. That is that is a good change. I think when you look at the firing rate and the damage in, in that context, it looks better personally mm -hmm. but you have to have that speed or be able to shoot slide stab like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to combo you're not running a glaive in pvp unless you're really ballsy anyways or you're just stupid good at this game right you're probably not running a glaive in pvp very often yeah, I mean, I love my glaive, but I don't run it in PvP. I run it in PvP because I'm not all there on the head. Well, that's fair. Uh, shields, the final part of this. Relying on damage, dealing damage with a projectile to grant shield energy was a choice made to limit the amount of uptime the highly damage-resistant shields had in Crucible and Endgame PvE. Unfortunately, it effectively gated a significant portion of the weapon's effectiveness and made using a glaive without energy feel like you were wielding half a weapon. We wanted to increase the uptime of the shield so you could get a little bit more of the weapon fantasy to shine through, but had to be careful not to give too much or allow the shield to become too strong in competitive content. Shield energy now recharges passively when the glaive is held at a rate of 1% per second, set up the base glaive shield damage resistance to be tiered in PvP. Base shield damage resistance remains at 50%, damage resisting in this primary ammos, and melee attacks has been reduced to 30%. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think that's ultra controversial here. Um, 
the exotic glaives, however, feel like they've probably been butchered. And we'll get uh-huh. we're gonna get to that in the exotic weapons. Um overall, like I think that this will make legendary glaives feel a lot better. And that's good because I I, I used my glaive all last year, and I've uh-huh. put it on the shelf for most of this year, frankly. Um past uh the first season of the year, I haven't really used too much uh in the way of glaives. Yeah. Um, and I think that's good because like they gave us so many glaives so quick that it was impossible to find one like that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm ha- I'm more than happy to to have these changes. Um I need to see how the projectile damage is gonna feel, but that's note it should be noted that that is a change. The decrease damage is only in PvP. I don't think a lot of us are using these in PvP. I would run around in momentum, like, just to, like, fuck with people, but, and I got, like, really good at being able to, like, eyesight shoot it if I had a open lane, but, you know, it's kind of more of a meme weapon than anything. Yeah. In my personal opinion, it's, like, it's kind of like running a sword in PvP, like, you're kind of only doing it to, like, fuck with people. Right. Um, and then, uh, sniper rifles are gonna be moved up small amounts at a time. Sniper rifle PVE damage has a flat buff of 15%, and this also applies to exotic sniper rifles. Whisper of the Worm is back. I'm calling it now. We're all using Whisper of the Worm. <laughs> exotic <laughs> weapon. Exotic weapon changes. Oh, I'm dead serious. I'm actually dead serious about that. I know you, you can are, hit, but it's just the way you, you said it. Those it made me laugh. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Vex Mythoclass may actually be the best ad clear exotic in the game after this change. Um, it received both a range buff and a PVE damage buff in Season of the Witch. We believe it has additional room to grow in PVE and find a unique role. We have increased damage against minor and boss combatants and are going to be experimenting with a different style of anti-champion gameplay. Instead of having intrinsic anti-champion perks, we are massively increasing the damage that the linear fusion mode deals to all champions. This places it in the unique space of being more of a Swiss army knife and less of a specialist. We envision it as a weapon you can take into an activity regardless of which champion type is present and still have it be an effective tool, especially when used in concert with other anti-champion abilities. Increased damage versus red bar combatants by 10%, bosses by 25%. Are you ready for this one, Corey? I'm ready. Give it to me. Champions by 200% when in linear fusion mode. As a reminder, you get a couple linear shots. You don't just get the one. Right. Jesus So that's going to be awesome. That's. uh... I I genuinely am looking forward to using Vex again. 200 percent jesus i'm very excited and these are all pve changes so um speaking of changes that we still like revision zero as the second part of our anti-champion experiment we're also increasing revision zero's damage versus champions although a much lower amount since the weapon retains its intrinsic anti-barrier increased damage versus champions by a hundred percent on revision zero i imagine that's because of the sniper mode yeah. that you can uh you can get it to yeah and then uh thorn if you thought all those were wacky thorn is getting a catalyst to boost its strength in pvp and a chance to uh, change the base behavior to make it more fun to use in pve picking up a remnant can overflow the magazine up to 40 rounds max jesus okay catalyst plus 20 range plus 10 stability getting kills or picking up a remnant grants additional range handling and mobility this sucker, you're going to be able to run around with that. A thorn is terrorizing the crucible again, starting next season. 
I hate this so much. Like, P- hand cannon users rejoice. I, as somebody who hates Thorn, I hate this. Yeah. Um, I understand why you're doing this. This is going to be a whole lot of fun for hand cannon users to use. For the rest of us, we are just groaning in unison. Uh, but uh, Thor, Thorn is going to be so rad. I, I can't wait to see some of the videos that are going to come out on people using it. Um, our next big one here are the class glaives. Um, so the changes for all three glaives are as follows. Grant one ammo when you activate your perk so you can use it even if you are out of ammo. No longer passively drain shield energy when you special reload to activate the perk and no longer deactivated by reloading or stowing the weapon. I think those are all good changes. Edge of Intent, which is the Warlock Glaive. Uh, Solar 3.0 interactions and a larger area of effect helping it reach more allies is in store. Uh, Healing turret projectiles to grant cures and provide restoration. Increase the AoE radius to 8 meters and magazine size increase from 4 to 5. So that's a good change. We like like the Warlock Glaive. We like that it's going to be useful. The Titan one seems to be the one that people have problems with. We wanted to make Baby Bubble more effective in endgame content, so now it provides some benefit to weapons just for passing through it, even if you do not remain inside. Passing through the bubble now grants bonus reload speed handling and a small amount of stacking bonus damage in addition to the overshield. Reduced at the health of the bubble from 8,000 to 2,400 to account for the increased uptime and improved effects. I feel like that's a little too drastic. Yeah, it's a I can understand reducing it some. I if they would have said like four thousand, I probably would still argue that's a little too drastic. This is gonna get bumped up. I think that's way too little, dude. That's so. I mean, it they took it but down also a like quarter, like do, three quarters of the thing almost. Yeah, but also at the same time, like how how many people do we know that are actually who were actually running this in any game content? I mean, I doubt Nobody. it, but like it's Nobody. still a lot. Uh, it's still a lot, but. Mm. Anyways, this has been the controversial change that I was talking about. Yeah. A lot of people really upset about this one. Um, I just don't know who's using an exotic glaive in uh, Grandmasters or in Raids, yeah. personally. No, um, I think the bigger concern here is probably uh, being able to use it in Trials. Yeah. Um, or Iron Banner. I think that's probably the bigger one. I, if you had said you were nerfing it to that for like in-game PvP, I would understand. I wonder... Um, I do wonder if this change is for PvP almost, just because maybe it's too powerful. I don't. I don't know. At eight thousand, I. I mean, eight thousand is almost certainly too much yeah. for a special for a special weapon to give you. Yeah, this seems like, like a... PVE. I probably have less of a problem with. Um, I mean, because that's not going to survive at all in PVE. No, that that thing's going to die so fast. Yeah. 2400, I... it can be gone. Yeah, I think I think this move is more for like. I don't know. I I think this is like a trials, like you know, I need this to get out of the way, and that's it type thing, you know, that type of use use case. Although I would probably use something totally different in PvP at this point. So yeah, and again, like I don't know anyone who was actually using this. Yeah. Um, but it it bears repeating that like when something gets nerfed like that, we we still have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then Edge of Concurrence, which is the Hunter Glaive. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they're changing it to make uh, work more with Arc 3.0. Lightning Seeker now jolts targets on impact and reduce the direct hit of Lightning Seeker to account for the free ammo granted. I I don't know how I feel about this. I personally do not use this glaive at all. Yeah. Um, we joked that it may have been like, it was probably the least useless of the three when it came out. Yeah. It still feels like it is. Uh, yeah. we, we have better legendary uh, Arc glaives at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, I do like that this is going to jolt targets. That feels like something it should have done from the beginning. Yeah. But I understand why you had to wait for Arc 3.0 to be in the wild. This has been around for almost two years. I just, I don't care about the class glaives personally. Yeah. Um, the other two are actually useful. Ours is more of something you hang on your wallet and admire. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm going to request something from the audience. I need you to go to the Discord and tell us if you actually use exotic glaives. If you don't, don't say anything. But if you do, you do... use exotic glaives? It's a two-part question. Do you use exotic glaives, and do you use any kind of glaive in PvP on a regular basis? Not just yes. to meme. Do you actually run them? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna say a minimum of fifteen to twenty matches a season. Yeah. And real PvP, not like me running around memeing on people and momentum control. Do you use this shit in control and strongholds and things like that? Yeah. Not strongholds. I'm thinking Halo. You guys know what I mean. In other modes, are you using glaives? Hmm. Um, all right. Osteostriga. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh boy, Osteostriga. I feel like this is this is going to be a little controversial too. Osteostriga has been quite frankly far too powerful for the ease of use it provides when it comes to ad clear and PvE. It has more range than most SMGs, does not require kills, and does not rely heavily on precision aim to activate one of the strongest AoEs we've ever had in Destiny. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> in addition, the lingering poison damage has benefited from the damage scaler that, PvE, uh, that SMGs get in PvE content, which was intended to buff SMG's direct impact damage. This scaler, which is one of the highest scalers of any weapon type of the game, is pushing the poison damage to such an extreme level, it's been difficult for any other weapon to compete in the ad clear role. While it is likely this change will not move the needle on Osteostriga by a substantial amount, it will at least be slightly less of an outlier compared to other ad clear weapons. To preempt the argument, buffing other weapons up to the same level would be power creep to such an extreme degree and unhealthy for the game as a whole, so it is not something we are going to explore. Remove the SMG damage bonus scaler that was offering the po that was affecting the poison damage. This brings osteo poison down to match standard necrotic grip poison, though as an exotic, it will still deal 40% damage against miners. So it's still going to be probably your top DPS option, but it'll be a little bit closer now. Just holy shit, I completely forget that this is such an outlier mm -hmm. because I'm usually running a different exotic in a different slot. Yeah. But my god. My god, I'm I'm usually running an SMG at some point. I always keep uh I always have Icolos and uh Callus Mini Tool on me. Yeah. But just Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh so pour, pour one out for Nerd. We we know he loves Osteostriga. Uh this is not the end of the this is not the end of the world. They're just gonna make it slightly less amazing. Uh Salvation's Salvation's grip. <laughs> place the speed limit on the detonation when damaging stasis crystals this prevents the detonation from being able to shatter too many crystals on a single frame which would sometimes kick the player to orbit with an error code <laughs> it works so well it kicks you out of the game and then winter bite is also getting a glaive pass 
Increase the detonation damage of the large projectile by 25%, and the self-damage blast radius has been halved, and the self-damage has been reduced. So it's less lethal to you, and it deals more damage. I love Winter Bite. This is such a goofy-ass, heavy exotic. Yeah. I I love it. It's so dumb. Yeah. But it's so cool. Um, just give me... I want a primary stasis glaive already. Yeah. I'm very excited for the day they finally give me one. Hopefully in the final shape. I, uh, I wouldn't even... I mean, I bet... If, if it's a primary one, do you think it would do less damage than the, sec- the secondary one? Or are you just... No, it's... I mean, by, by primary, all we mean is it's going to go in the primary slot. It's still going to work like a shotgun does in the primary slot. Yeah. It's just stasis weapons are never in the secondary slot. They're them and Strand are only ever in that top slot. No, you're right. I was like, so what? That's, I... Yeah, that's what we're looking at. They'll never make. I don't think they'll ever make a kinetic glaive. Yeah, they might, but they're really, really wanting to force you into using another element up there, which I get. Yeah, I totally get. Now that being said, a glaive with kinetic tremors, I'd be very interested to see how that plays. Yeah. Speaking of kinetic tremors, tremor. We want to make the activation activation requirements more consistent across archetypes, so we changed the number of hits needed to trigger it on some weapons. Pulse rifles reduced from twelve to eleven. Enhanced reduced from nine to ten. Non-burst sidearms reduced from twelve to eight. Enhanced reduced from nine to seven. So a little bit of a change there. That'll be nice. Um, danger zone. We made a small change to how danger zone works on rocket launchers. Figure it out for yourself when season twenty three drops. Okay, I don't like that. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> the first time that I use Danger Zone on a rocket launcher, which I've never done this before, um, I'm gonna queue up. I'm gonna queue up the Kenny Loggins when I do it. Uh, I could just hear the song. Everybody now. can call me Maverick. You can call me Maverick when I do it. I, I can hear. The, I can hear the music now. I hope the Corey will be Goose. Why you want me to die? No. I was probably saying, never mind. Goose dies. Well, oh. I don't want you to. I, I, you you can't. Well, you can't be uh, Iceman. <sighs> Iceman's an asshole. Yeah. Well, Josh is uh, looking for a new co-host. Apparently, <sighs> confirmed. Corey is going to have to take the role of Kelly McGinnis. Oh, um, I, do I wrap grip. my arms around you on the motorcycle? Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't do that here. Um, only nerd gets to do that. Um, heavy grip. We discovered the new heavy grip perk was slightly increasing incoming flinch that was not intended, so we removed it. And then precision instrument. The difference between precision instrument and enhanced precision was so barely noticeable, so we wanted to differentiate the two. Enhanced precision instrument damage at max stacks from 26 to 30. Cool. Um, so we have, uh, we have a couple highlights for the future here that they, that they note. Um, the season 23 mid season patch, and then the patch that will launch with the final shape. They're already teasing both of these. Mm. So in the near future, I suspect this is the season 23 mid season patch or it's, well, it's probably not the launch patch. Um, since we're kind of covering that now in the near future, bow tuning and PVP. Thank fucking God. I hate bows and PVP. It's quite literally the most aggravating thing to face right now. It's like having unlimited ammo for a sniper. Uh, additional weapon tuning for checkmate aimed at promoting a better diversity of weapons because bows are apparently running rampant in checkmate too. In the far future, I'm excited for all of these. I'm, I'm so ready to read these. Necrochasm. 
will be getting a buff to extend the duration of the poison damage over time effect it applies from the Curse Thrall detonation. Hmm. It will also have a new catalyst called One for Thrall, which grants a moderate period of increased damage, range, and aim assist after you damage three enemies in quick succession. Damaging more than three three more enemies while the perk is active refreshes the, th- the timer. I love this. That is the best name for a catalyst we've ever had. One for Thrall. I love it. Buffs to Truth, the Colony, and Dead Man's Tail, as well as other exotic weapons. And Heavy Grenade Launchers will get a substantial inventory buff. I'm here for it. I'm ready. If that's how we're going into the final shape, I'm ready. I'm, I'm taking ready. my Dead Man's Tail and just going to beat the shit out of the Witness with Let's it. Do it. Do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shoot him in the face and I'm going to club him with it. I'm just going to melee him. Nice. Uh, before we jump into questions, I did want I, I did want to remind you guys we have not forgotten about the Wish Ender question and the Bose question that we had a couple of weeks ago. I have talked to Joe Asus. I need to nail down, but the goal is to try and get him on here next week to talk Bose with us. Nice, because I don't use Bose and I definitely don't use Wish Ender. Yeah, so I want to get him in here to talk about him. He he has converted to being a Bow main this season, mm. uh, definitely in PVE content too. Uh, so I want I want to hear. I think he got the adept version of the Nightfall bow also this season, so I want to see what he has to say about that. We'll talk bows. We'll talk uh, Wishender next week. So get those questions in if you have any questions about bows, Wishender, etc. Uh, et we will not talk Lamonarch. I fucking hate Lamonarch. We're not talking about it. It's banned from the conversation. Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. We're don't not talking Lamonarch. Just don't. If you do it, I'm banning you. I will start banning people. You are banned. I promise. You're banned. No, I, I wouldn't do that, but I would consider it. All right. Corey, let's get into some questions before we head to the lore corner. Questions? Questions? Jiggly Panda asks, ah, Jiggly Panda. since we've had some amazing games released this year, what is your final game of the year predictions? I'm going to take this as what do you think is going to be like the top five nominees? Oh, God. Um, man. So I, I'm going to say this is like our personal guesses at what nominees would be yeah not like what we actually have as our top five yeah we'll save those for the first episode of next year yeah it's funny we we both still have uh a number of titles to play from this year yeah uh i still need to i still need to play mario wonder man i i bought it and i won't even be starting it until christmas day i bought it for my girlfriend for christmas yeah i bought a copy for her and a copy for my stepsister nice um, I mean, I guess I'll go first. My, my guess for Game of the Year noms is probably uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I think those are really the only two locks, frankly. I think everything else is so up in the air. Yeah. What I mean, you what do you into- think? Because there's got there's got to be category fillers, right? I mean, it's not like. So I would say those two are your locks to get nominated for Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were guessing what I think is going to be there at the end of this year, um, Alan Wake is probably the last high pedigree title of the year. Yeah. There's going to be other good indies and like other good games released, but I don't think they're going to be like game of the year quality. Yeah. Um, I would say Alan Wake two has probably made its way onto that list now, like in, in the 11th hour. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of outlets will probably, so because it's going to vary by outlet to outlet, right? Right. I think some outlets are going to put... Star- Starfield is going to be really divisive. 
I think it'll make some lists and other lists that won't even sniff it. Yeah. Um, I think Spider-Man is pr- uh, probably about as close to a lock as you can get without actually being one. Yeah. I, would um, I think Spider-Man's really come in and surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I I mean, the funny thing is, I don't know why it surprised people. The first one's really good. So uh, I think it's more of like, we don't want to nominate like an outside of gaming IP for these awards. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but this is like head and shoulders better than Spider-Man one was in my opinion. Um, I, I also love Miles Morales and this is much more like Miles Morales than it is Spider-Man 2018. That's good to hear. Um, so, I mean, if those are, if those are like my three or four guesses, I would say, I think for that last slot, you're going to have most of that. Let's do five nominees. I would say that I think in terms of triple a games, Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a really strong contender. Um, but I think that it is a step below the other games that we just talked about. Yeah. I think Jedi Survivor could very well play spoiler and swoop in. I think the only thing holding Jedi Survivor back is the IP argument, of course. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to matter to Star Wars as much. As you remember, uh, Knights of the Republic has won Game of the Year in the past. Yeah. Um, from outlets. It's beloved, considered one of the best Xbox games ever. I love that game. Yeah. Um, Rip that remake, by the way. I mean, New Super Mario or Super Mario. I keep trying to call it New Super Mario Brothers because the art sale. Super Mario Brothers Wonder should not be discounted either. Um, I think that's going to make a lot of lists. Yeah, Nintendo games always just like seem to do that. Even if like we think that other games are like more in depth and like just overall better, like Nintendo is so popular amongst fans and critics. Yeah, um, that I think that could slip in. Resident Evil Four I've seen floated around by a lot of people. Um, I did not play the Resident Evil 4 remake yet. Um, Corey, didn't you play through it? I did. Uh, it was pretty good. Would you say that the remake is on par with what they did with Resident Evil 2? I would say, in my opinion... RE2 was a brand new game, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play all the way through RE2, but what I did, okay. it, uh, I would actually say RE2 is probably a little bit better. That's kind of the vibe i was getting um, also but resident I think evil 4 it's really, is still good like it's still i like, think wait. it's so hard to take re4 not not that i didn't mean to cut you oh off, it's fine i think it's so hard to take one of the greatest games ever made and try to make it better yeah that is a game that no matter what release you play you are getting a quality version of that game yeah i uh um, i will forever live as the wii version being the best version of that game by the way with the motion controls that was actually awesome yeah I uh I would say, I I really like the quality of life changes they made though in this like I don't know moving mm-hmm. when you shoot. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah we're we're not in two thousand and five anymore. I know. So I know. Uh, but I I just I don't know if it's substantial. Like in a year with so many amazing yeah. games, like why would I want to give it to the game that won it in two thousand and five? Yeah, I would actually say like. If you're gonna put one of the remakes on, I would actually say Dead Space remake would probably be on. The yeah, I think Resident Dead Space was heads and shoulders above. But I don't. I but see, I kind of run into the same problem with Dead Space. I don't think Dead Space is. I mean, it's on Xbox Game Pass now, by the way. Also, so everybody yeah. should go check it out. I plan on playing it this week for spooky games. Spooky. Um, 
from what I've seen of that game, though, like as impressive as it was, it feels like a very like 8.5, maybe borderline nine. Yeah. There have been so many near perfect games this year, though. Yeah. And then like it comes into the question of do you consider Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty uh, an original release, like depending which, on your own personal criteria, which the game, which I've said that that would be my game of the year right now. Yeah. Which the Game Awards did give one of the Witcher expansions game of the year at one point. So. Yeah, so I would definitely say that Phantom Liberty could be a spoiler also. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's like 10 games you can slot in here. We haven't even talked about indies. Like, yeah. Sea of Stars has to be in the conversation. Cocoon has to be in the conversation. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I would almost say Diablo would be in that conversation, except for that first season Man. was really not great. Although people- I don't, so I, I think it's unfair to judge a game with its seasons. Because I otherwise, too. we... I, I think it's really unfair to do that. Um, I mean, Diablo, regardless, the base game of Diablo 4 is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, on my personal top five of games that I've played, Diablo 4 is still on there, but it's also going to be the first one to get knocked off. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have, like, kind of locked in. I have um, Phantom Liberty. I have uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I have Starfield. And... Um, I have Spider-Man mm-hmm. and then I have Diablo. I do not have Baldur's Gate on my list. Notably, I have not been able to play Baldur's Gate. I am hoping I get to Baldur's Gate sometime in December. Um, Cause I have dropped a million and a half hints to my partner that I really, really, really want a steam deck for Christmas. Yeah. Um, so I would accept a steam deck or a raw ally for Christmas. Yeah. Prefer the steam deck because I can mod it. Yeah. Um, so did I, did I leave out any games? There's, there's like 15, 20 games you could probably put on a top five list and nobody would argue with you on that. You forgot Redfall, Josh, the best game of the year. Oh my <laughs> fucking God. Um, I mean, Forza Motorsport is going to make, is going to make a lot of lists probably. Yeah. Uh, I would expect Forza to make some, um, Super Mario RPG is still to come out. Persona 5 Tactics is still to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, man, I don't know. I would. I, I mean, my person, my favorite game that I played this year was actually Hogwarts Legacy, to be honest. Uh, I don't think it's making any game of the year lists for outlets, but I I really loved that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. Like, my, my girlfriend loved it. She 100%ed it. She never 100%s games. Yeah. Um, I understand not, I understand it not making lists. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside um, from the quality, I bet it just is off list because of other reasons, but. I, and I, I don't think that should necessarily hold it back, but it's just like, I yeah. think there's been significantly better, even IP games this year. Mm-hmm. I think that personally for me, um, I, I've played a little bit of Hogwarts Legacy and I watched her play a lot of it. I think Spider-Man and Jedi Survivor are just, and Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate's licensed too. We forget about that. Mm-hmm. Um, those three are just, have like kind of redefined what a license should be yeah. in modern games. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Ubisoft is about to release Avatar, so good luck there. I uh um, I think Hogwarts Legacy for me though was like it was such a surprise mm-hmm. coming from Avalanche also which oh that that's totally fair that's the, the Disney last, Infinity Studio the last three games they made were two Disney Infinity games and Cars three which doesn't exactly God. scream uh you know triple A no. uh, I mean this game got delayed so many times we we used to joke that we didn't think it was ever coming out yeah yeah by what like over a year I think. Um, other notable games that have come out this year that uh, that I don't think either one of us have played. Um, Street Fighter 6, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 1, mm-hmm. um, Dave the Diver. God. 
that's going to be on someone's list. Uh, Dave the Diver has a 90 on Metacritic. I'm not even joking. That's so ridiculous. It's coming to Switch soon. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2. Uh, Remnant 2. Remnant, yeah, Remnant. God, I completely forgot Remnant 2 was this year, yeah. honestly. Um, what else did we get this year? Um, Like a Dragon Inshin. Yeah. We have Like a Dragon Gaiden coming out next month. That's probably going to be pretty big. Jassant is still to come out. Yeah. Um, man, I almost had City Skyline 2 as a lock, and then it completely bombed, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Wallong Final, uh, Final Dynasty was earlier this year. Yeah. That came out this year. Yeah. That's a pretty big new IP. Dude, there's so many, there are so many games this year. This is, so this isn't related to this question, but now that we're so, Bayonetta Origins came out this year too, Corey. Pikmin 4 came out this year. Yeah. Pikmin 4, do man. you th- do Great. you think that it has been hyperbole when people say that this is like one of the like four or five best years ever for video games? No, I don't. I really don't. I mean, like, I, would I don't think compare... we have the volume of releases of some of the older years. Mm-hmm. Like, because I saw people be like, "Oh, well, you know, you guys weren't alive in 1998," and it's uh-huh. like, yeah, games also only took like a year and a half to make back then. Yeah, did you know Final um, Fantasy four took nine months to make? So yeah, so like, uh, my guy, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not counting other things like Metroid Prime Remastered and, like, Persona 4 Golden coming to modern consoles. And, mm-hmm. uh, God, just... Assassin's Creed Mirage came out this year. It came out three weeks ago. Dude, I keep forgetting about that. It got good reviews. Everspace 2 came out. Um, God, just... Uh, Yikes. Man... There's been so many good... Again, you could make a list of, like... There's, like, 25, 30 different games. You get Coffee Talk 2. That's my favorite indie I've played so far this year. Um, I forgot that Like, there's, there's so many good games. Advance Wars uh, Reboot came out. That actually finally released after, like, two years of sitting on ice. Yeah. It's, like, there's so many different games you could put on there, and nobody would argue with you about them. Yeah. So, just man, man, this is this is a hard question. Well, we're gonna we're definitely circling back to this at the end of the year. Yeah, I once mean, I've been able to play all my indies. Yeah, I think we'll definitely do some sort of game of the year episode at least on Xbox Casuals. Um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do it here too at the beginning of the year. We yeah. we won't have too much coming out of the Christmas break. Yeah, but that'll give us time to catch up. Also, yeah, um, we both have uh, extensive backlogs we'd like to get through over the next couple months. Yeah, for real. Um, I was just looking at what we still have to come this year that I would consider like also notable releases. Remember this year yeah. kicked off with a Fire Emblem game too. <laughs> oh my god, it did Fire Emblem Engage came out in January. Yeah, it won't, oh my god. It won't be on any game of the year list. I got so bored of that game. I'm not gonna lie. Everybody I talked to seemed to like it. I mean that's fair. I it wasn't a bad game. It just I got yeah. bored. I missed the interstitial stuff of Three Houses. I got really bored with Three Houses by the end. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I mean the game's a little bit too long, but you know. I'm excited for RoboCop. <laughs> RoboCop. I won't be playing it day one, but that's like the ultimate game that when it hits twenty bucks, I'm buying it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's just a handful. We still have probably like five or six games that we're looking forward to. Yeah. Over the next six weeks. Yeah. And God bless us, we're not gonna be able to get to them. Um. 
the dealer asks, how do you feel about the Halloween event? One through 10 and why? Uh, it's a solid six for me. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to say a six. It's it, it's a solid six for all the reasons that we've discussed the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I actually really love the cosmetics this year. I think they actually did a really, really good job with most of them. Yeah. Uh, the UFO ship and the uh, the hearse yeah. uh, as a sparrow are two notable. The very haunted mansion ass ghosts. Yeah. Um, the candy corn ghost is awesome. I really like that, too. Yeah. So I, I think there's some cool cosmetics. I like the inclusion of Imaru and Ido. I think that makes it fun. We're going to read some lore from Festival of the Lost yeah. in the corner tonight. Lore. Love lore. I corner. just, Love it. I'm kind of getting to the point where I did the Haunted Forest. Like, I like the addition of the of the Legend Haunted Sectors, and I like that they're match-made. It's just people are getting in there that have no business being in there. Yeah. You have to wear the masks, which in, which lowers your output also. It's it's I mean, especially if you use like an exotic helmet, like you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Um and it's just it's a frustrating experience. It's the same four lost sectors that we've had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Let's at least change it up. If we're gonna keep doing this, let's change. I would have loved to have seen the ones on the throne world be a part of this. Yeah. Those I think could have been so cool. Yeah, that would have made sense too. Um so yeah, it's the Halloween event is fine, but you know. It's still probably the best one, though, out of all four of these, unfortunately. Yeah. That's, that should speak more to uh, the conversation we had about needing to change the events up. Yeah. Um, which leads us into our next question from Airmail Attic. Given the discussion on crappy seasonal events tied to real-world holidays, what Destiny lore event or series of events provides enough depth to base an in-game event on? I'm thinking we replace Guardian games with an event based around Destiny lore. Do you think that would land with the player base? Yes, but I don't know how. Yeah, I mean... Something celebrating the great Ahamkara hunt could be really fun and goofy at the same time. Yeah. You know what would be cool? You know, and this is going to be a really weird comparison, but but stick with me, Josh. Okay. You know how in the, you know how in the division, in the division, yes. where you get those echoes and like the screen turn, like this blue kind of diagram yes. of the stuff comes yes, up i love those yeah you could do some sort of like mission in that like that style of, of art that like and not, not that the characters are really moving that much but like just like you you maybe fight through a section that represents part of the lore and then you see like the scenes play out in the blue after each section or something destiny memorial day oh god <laughs> that's proposing it's fair the destiny vietnam war memorial yeah that's what Corey's proposing yep let's do it oh my god thank you for your service guardians thank you (laughs) (laughs) so fucking stupid it's almost as bad as me saying we should do arbor day (laughs) so fucking stupid um I mean, I think something doing uh, referencing Twilight Gap could be kind of cool. Like, I would like a lore-based event. I just don't have any idea how you start. If I knew how to build it, I'd be working at Bungie right now. Let's put it that way. You're basically asking us to do Assassin's Creed, but in Destiny, where you get in this device that pretty makes much, you go pretty back. Pretty much. There's no animus in this universe. Thank God. There's no Abstergo Industries. There could be, though. I mean, Mara could just, like, hold her hands over your head and transfer you back. Like, like uh, <laughs> somehow Desmond returned. Like Kitty Pride does the Wolverine in Days of Future Past. Oh, my, that's so fucking dumb. I hate that movie so much. Oh, man. God, dude. That's, that's not how Days of Future Past works. 
Yeah. Kitty Bride's the one who went back in time. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, but um, you did, I mean, no offense, but Kitty Pride's not exactly the best character in those movies. <laughs> I, I blame the writing. I mean, fair, but still. <laughs> Ellen Page was not bad in those movies. The writing, however, was atrocious. They tried they, they, they tried to force the romance with Sean Ashmore. A great in Quantum Break, by the way. We, we love Sean Ashmore here. Yeah. Uh, Guest. <laughs> God, dude, that that cast was like secretly stacked in that game. Yeah, I mean Lance Reddick was in it too. You you had Lance Reddick, you had Sean Ashmore, you had Aiden Gillen, and you had Dominic Monaghan. Yeah, it was pretty great. And you know how many of them were used for the live action sections? What? None. Oh, excuse me, Lance showed up for a scene. I mean that's great. A scene that was his, uh, but he did a shitload was, of mocap for that game. That was his reel for Destiny. <laughs> To you know, uh, he, you know, uh, Alan Wake Two is dedicated to his memory. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really touching to see earlier. Yeah, um, Tiger Jesus writes in and asks, "What changes about Destiny when we leave last gen behind?" God, I hope the erratic loading into the tower. Sometimes it takes me ten seconds. Sometimes it takes me like three minutes. Yeah, dude, I walked away one time, made myself a sandwich, and went to the bathroom. And I came back, I was still in orbit. I really hope that kicking me out of menus every three seconds when an event is loading will stop also. That's pretty infuriating to me. Um, mm. I think just overall the game is going to get is going to be a more stable and smooth experience because you're not having to cater to hardware that was originally conceived in like 2011. Mm-hmm. So, because that, that's what it is. Like these consoles start production, they decide on these specs years and years and years in advance as we've seen from the Xbox court docs that leaked, they're already planning the console coming in 2028. Like, because the technology has to get there. So yeah. you're you're playing on consoles that were prototyped and conceived in, like, 2011. Right. We knew Phil Spencer had it a Series X at his house for, like, an entire year and a half before it came out. Yeah. So, man, like, it, it's things like that that you're like, oh, shit that like kind of put it in perspective just like destiny one was kind of janky because they had to they had to be working on consoles that were like prototype in 2003 you know with the 360 yeah so i think that the jankiness will be left behind that's probably the biggest thing and i think there'll be a pretty big visual fidelity jump also yeah that would be my guess yeah um i think maybe maintenance times maintenance will be a little bit easier to do possibly um I can't really speak to that. I hope matchmaking gets better. Maybe like they can do new and better anti-cheat because um, everything will be on the same, you know, kind of wavelength. I'm not sure. But either way, I would expect a very big performance in uh, jumping game performance. That would be the biggest thing I'd be looking forward to. Yeah. Um, The doctor writes in. The doctor NY, as a matter of fact. Uh, doctor, do you actually live in New York? Because that's kind of cool. Uh, what is one thing that Bungie either can't or refuses to change that would make the game better? For me, it would be matchmaking all three all three person legendary activities. Um, I think that probably would have been mine before they announced Fire Team Finder. Yeah, which we are only weeks away from releasing. Four four weeks out now, I think four four and a half somewhere in there. Um, from that happening, that'll be happening post Thanksgiving. Um. I think Fireteam Finder is going to solve that problem for a lot of us because it'll it's built in LFG for God's sake. Like 
I I used to be upset about not having that, and then I saw people play the Corrupted Strike and not pass the orbs, and that was all the validation I needed to know that three-person activities do not need to be matchmade. Yeah. And that raids do not need it also. You should have to actively seek it out. Yeah. Um, because people cannot follow the simplest mechanics. That's true. Um, that being said, I think if it's a three-person seasonal legendary activity... You it probably should have the option to be match made, but again, you run into the same problem with as you have with the haunted sectors of people are not properly equipped to be in there. Yeah, and I mean you you find that even in some of these activities to begin with, like I'll be trying to take a friend through, and like oh somebody on their light level will be dragged into our game and not on my level, so I'm having to effectively carry two people through stuff. Yeah, and that's a little bit more difficult with the general difficulty changes that we've had. Yeah. Um. I don't really have much that I would say. Like, all mine is Eververse related. <laughs> yeah. all Literally, all mine is reduce the prices of everything in Eververse by, like, half across the board. Yeah. That's a good start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. I was looking at some of the Eververse prices, what, yeah, uh, Tuesday, I think. They're egregious. I'm like, oh, my God, it's getting worse. I would really like to buy, you know, some of these ships and stuff, but I don't want to spend, like... The, I mean, the I ships aren't nearly as bad as like the exotic, like exotic ornaments and stuff like that. Like we we've we complained about the uh, the ornament sets before, that the ornament sets are sitting here costing us you know fifteen or twenty bucks a piece depending on if it's a collab or not. Yeah, I mean and that's insane. That's for each class too. I know. If that gave you all three classes, I'd maybe be more okay with it. Yeah, I also don't want to pay like seven to ten dollars for a cool looking ghost. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. That should be like five bucks max. Yeah. Of course, I'm sitting here talking all this shit. I would remind everyone that, believe it or not, we think this is all predatory. This is actually like nothing compared to real MMOs. Oh, I know. I'm... Final Fantasy 14 sells mounts for like 40 bucks. Yeah. That's disgusting. <sighs> Absolutely just a disgusting, as Stephen A. Smith would say, a disgusting act. Yeah. Oh, uh, Titan writes in. Yeah, <laughs> I think he says that about a lot of things. Titan writes in. Do you think they should shift Solstice somewhere else in the year and do a Bungie slash Destiny celebration in summer around Bungie Day? Yes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That is what we should have come to the conclusion on last week. Give me a two week event in mid July celebrating Bungie. Move Solstice to being the February event. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. I think the concern there is you have too many events all stacked up on each other, though, mm -hmm. because that basically means every major event is like you have a month with an event, you have a month without, you have a month with an event, a month without for like, ev of, except for during the summer when you have a super high amount of players playing. Right. So like, cause I think Solstice should go back to like being in tandem with moments of triumph. Mm-hmm. That would be my proposition. Those two were always tied together. I think they should continue to be tied together. A Bungie Day celebration would be cool. I would like for all the stuff for Bungie Day to take place within Xur's realm. I think that would be a cool way to update and make uh, Dares of Eternity fun again. Yeah. And you could do just you could do some really stupid stuff like program different bosses or something to be in there. Uh, maybe just drop fucking Crota in the first in the first encounter. <laughs> Drop him in the first encounter and everybody can just galley him to death. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I would enjoy something like that, personally. Um, 
Illustrated Dio has a couple questions and writes in. Uh, what do you think would be the best use of alternative entertainment media to establish the lore of the Destiny 2 brand since the Bungie devs have a hard time seeding it in-game? Examples include Dark Horse Comics, Manga, Netflix shows, Sony Pictures, or Destiny 3. Um, I think we've both been really clear that we think that an animated series is the most obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's probably the easiest. Something even in the style of, like, um, the animation from, like, Vox Machina or Cyberpunk Edge Runners would be really good. Yeah. Um, I think there's a number of studios you could recruit, especially with Sony, the Sony conglomerate owning Crunchyroll now. There's no shortage of studios you can contract to work with you on that. Right. Um... I don't want to see anything live action. I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah. I mean, I was already on the fence for live action. Uh, the only thing I would have wanted mm -hmm. to see would be Lance Reddick and Zavala, but. And we're not going to get that. The, uh, yeah. Obviously we're not getting that. So yeah, uh, I would, I would definitely go the animated route, uh, like a 2d animated route. Um, I would mm -hmm. really love to see a lot of the stuff that we hear about in the lore, but don't actually, you can get crazier with animation too, yeah. for a lot cheaper than doing it live action with CG. Mm -hmm. I want to see, that's going to be what I keep coming back to. I want to see Saint chuck a shield so far that it cuts off like 35 thralls head in a row. So. I want to see, I, mean, I've talked about it before. I really would like a destiny legends series mm -hmm. and anthology. And my first one I want is the man with the golden gun. I want the story of Shin Malfer um yeah i want stories that maybe don't directly relate to the guardian yeah i want to see the great ahamkara hunt i want to see twilight gap i want to see six fronts yeah i want to uh, i would love for shacks to have a season shacks war stories and they're just like over the top explanations yeah uh and then at the end of every like shacks episode they just they're just like no you didn't what actually happened <laughs> yeah no you didn't <laughs> So somebody's coming in and correcting him yeah um i'd like to see a lot of what happened in the distributary with uh mara mm -hmm. like how she became the queen yeah um we know that from the lore but i'd like to see some of that yeah i would love um, to see the founding of this maybe the dual founding of our city and the dreaming city yeah i uh i would love to see i mean i i think i said this last week or a couple weeks ago but i would love to see the iron lords and the warlords yeah would be awesome. The Iron Lords would be a shoe in. Saladin's a beloved character. You can have Shaxx in there then. Drifter has a role to play with them, mm -hmm. etc. You, you could have plenty of familiar characters. Yeah. Um, I think another one I'd really like to see, I'd like to see more expanding upon that Witness cutscene that we got um, on that race. Mm -hmm. I, I'd love to see, like, the Witness's journey through time, essentially. Yeah. I'd like to see, um, like, how Rolk comes to become the first disciple. I'd like to see that actually play out on screen. I'd love to see an, ad an adaptation. And I know that there is a fan-made one of these being done as a graphic novel, which is actually really cool. I've been following it. Yeah. Somebody is hand-drawing the dark future. Yeah. Um, and that's been really rad. And I want to say, like, all the ideas I'm giving, like, aren't necessarily things that need to be shown on screen. Yeah. But I'd love, I'd love graphic novels. We got that first comic anthology that was so cool. Yeah. And we never got another one. I would like to see more of those. Maybe they just decided there wasn't. And I, I think that's probably a hard sell, to be frank. Yeah. But you could do a one or you could do like a one or two off. And I think that showing things like, you know, the witnesses origins or like the man with the golden gun would be really good for those. Maybe like one about uh, Drifter. Just make one all about Drifter. Yeah. Um, 
They, the would, cyberpunk ones from Dark Horse are a good starting point for video game tie-in graphic novels. Those have been really well done. Yeah. I would love to see... Um, you already mentioned the the Dark Timeline, but I would love to mm-hmm. see one almost almost like a... I don't know. I was going to say Black Mirror episode, but more like a, I would love to see Elsie's journey through all like all the timelines and how she gets from one timeline to the other and how she ends up in ours, you know, I, I think it would be, I think it would be interesting to like, see how the dark timeline plays out and then just see like a montage of her, like failing repeatedly mm-hmm. before getting stuck in our timeline. Yeah. Like what makes our timeline different? And it clearly has been like seeking out the guardian. Yeah. Um, maybe they'll finally show us who she was talking to in destiny one. Yeah. That will forever be something that bothers me. Do you think we'll ever find that out? No, I think that is a plot thread that there's going to... After they showed that the Pale Heart is the destination, unless we somehow do some timey-wimey bullshit, which is not unfathomable. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that we're going to... I don't think we're going to do it anymore. I, I think we've moved so far beyond that mattering. It They have confirmed who it was originally supposed to be, and I think that's good enough. It was supposed to be Osiris. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think the very nature of Curse of Osiris existing ruins that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I wonder. Do you think there's going to be a secret destination? I hope not. I'm going to be honest because they've already said that we can't unlock this as a destination to explore until we beat the witness. Yeah. So, or until you beat the campaign, not necessarily beat the witness. Yeah. Um. So no, I'm okay with this being the destination. I do think the novelty is going to wear off really quickly. What are they going to do? Be sending us on missions into the Traveler? Like, there probably will be another destination, but I'm just saying I would be okay with there not being one. Yeah. If there is one, I could see there maybe being, like, the first time you go there, it's, like, a portal that you find, and, like, you go back to, like, the Witnesses planet or something. Um, I think that could be really cool. Um, There's a few things you could do. Um, but I think at this point they want to save new destinations maybe for episodes or more likely for whatever comes next. I would wager the next expansion has multiple destinations in it. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Illustrated also has another question for us, and I, I really like this one. Um, I was thinking about this today when I was reading through the questions. What are your thoughts on an all-on all access to gaming software eventually going digital in a few years across all platforms. Will the market share significantly shift more to Steam and gaming PCs than consoles in the future, leaving the competition behind? Um, to put this as delicately as possible, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I think there's always going to be room for consoles, whether we call them consoles or not. Like in the future, consoles will probably be like pre-built devices. Yeah, but. Like Xbox has already started making this shift towards being more of a services mm-hmm. and publisher thing than caring about their physical box. You can do that when you're the company that runs fucking Windows. Yeah. Right. And also remember, newer Samsung TVs have Xbox apps on them already yeah. for uh, Game Pass. Like, so. they, are, they are trying to future proof as much as possible, knowing that they will never win the hardware war. Mm-hmm. Sony and Nintendo are going to be the ones to have to adapt. And like, yeah. Sony, I would argue, might not have as much of a problem because, like, like we just discussed with Samsung, you know. Mm-hmm. Sony TVs can have the app built in. Yeah. Um, but they don't make they don't make devices. They don't make tablets anymore and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like so they're gonna have to have a third party app. Yeah. Or they're gonna have to third third party publishing. They're gonna have to make their own devices. 
Nintendo is the one that I don't see like ever truly leaving because they have such a corner on handheld gaming and people have shown like the switch has proven mm-hmm. if anything yeah that people want these devices in their home and on the go steam deck too recently right i mean like that... the, the steam yeah the steam deck i mean if anything i think we're gonna she- see more of a shift towards a handheld experience that you can dock mm-hmm. i think that's what you're gonna see people want their libraries on the go more yeah. than anything like yeah. steam and gaming pcs are gonna be a thing but like if it does shift significantly towards PCs, gaming is going to become even more of a niche hobby than it already is. Yeah. I mean, uh, you... And more, much more expensive. Yeah. Also, I think we all sometimes forget that, like, even though, you know, Josh, you and I play a lot of games and are, like, really into the industry and the news and everything that's going on, right? But, like, a majority of gamers are not. And they love the plug-and-play experience where you just plug it in and it works, right? And not everybody... Mm-hmm wants to or is capable of building a pc that you know is you know a thousand or plus dollars with all the best things that you can put in it right like i mean and i think the console space fills that gap for a lot of people yeah i mean we got to remember that like most of the people who play games are they're casuals Mm -hmm. there's there's this great joke that i love on uh just bear with me here on the OC from 2004 oh God, where here we go. <laughs> uh, one of the main characters loves comic books and video games. And he, one of their friends is over playing video games and he's like, man, I just, I just can't be who plays PlayStation for the sports games. <laughs> and like up until a couple of years ago, like, I mean, Madden is still one of the best selling games every year. Yeah. FIFA is one of the best selling games every year. Call of duty. Like most people come in, who buy these consoles like we we talk all the time like it really wasn't until the last couple of years that like playstation exclusives really started selling incredibly Mm -hmm. with this insane attach rate right it very much was always third-party software on these consoles unless you're nintendo because nintendo is in its own little world like nintendo fans got used to not getting third-party games Mm -hmm. so anytime a nintendo game releases oh we're all gonna run out and buy it regardless of the quality right yeah or regardless of something we played 15 times. Yeah. Like the most popular games year after year are sports games, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, and Minecraft. That's what sells. That's what makes you a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Like exclusives have just recently started doing that in the last couple of years. Halo was an extreme outlier in the early 2000s. Yeah. So. Yeah. That I mean, but that, that also was like, a, a huge example of like a killer app from a first party at that time that was probably the last major like if you you will buy a console just to play this one game well i shouldn't say the last because i think the last of us has achieved that mm-hmm. um people flock to do that and i think spider-man has done it as well yeah. um that's the last like multiplayer that's the only multiplayer game i can ever think of outside of smash and mario kart yeah that that has happened for yeah and, like, that's because those are Smash and Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a reason why Mario Kart 8 still charts on the top 20 every single month. Yeah. I mean, so, also, like, if we're talking Nintendo, like, this is also the first generation where Zelda has been, like, the killer app, too, right? I mean, Zelda... Zelda has sold well in the past, mm-hmm. but never, like, above 10 million. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think Which is a paltry sum for a Nintendo exclusive. Yeah, I think the the um behind well this was like before tears of the kingdom came out but before 
Breath of the Wild. I think the highest selling game was Ocarina of Time, and that was across three platforms at like twelve million. Yep, thirteen million. So, yep, it was Ocarina. Yeah. Um, Hail Hydra writes in and asks two part question. Number one, which How I Met Your Mother character are you guys? Oh God, I think we'd both like to imagine that we're Marshall. Yeah. Because we don't want to be Barney, and nobody wants to be Ted. Yeah, nobody wants to be Ted. Let's be no honest here. <laughs> no, nobody wants to be Ted. Um, yeah. Everybody wants to be Marshall, though. Yeah. Everyone wants to think they're Marshall. Yeah. Uh, and which Destiny character is most like each of the main group? Hmm. Well, hold on. I need to reread that question. Hold on. Marasov is Robin Jabrotsky. Oh, God. Yeah. She's enough of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only one I got. Drift, Drifter is definitely Barney Stinson. Yeah, I was, that's where I was going. Uh, Drifter's Barney Stinson. Um, Kate is Marshall. Yeah. Who's Ted? <laughs> uh... Jesus, I have no idea. Who who's the guardian that wants to be part of the group but really isn't? And he kind of just messes up all the time. Uh, <laughs> Glint in a hunter costume. Oh god, yeah. Um I would have said Amanda Holiday. Yeah, well, rip. Rip Amanda. She yeah. did. Until the <laughs> It's Meath- it's Mithrax. Oh, Rahul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is Rahul is Rahul Ted? Ferrix. He wants to be part of every group. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that the the cast really fits in that great yeah. personally. Yeah. Um. And then uh, we we talked about live action or animated uh, shows and movies earlier yeah. about this regarding Destiny. Um, I'm going to save Zao's question for last. We're going to jump ahead one more question. Okay. Panda of Chaos writes in, what are your top three ghost shells? Ooh, my, so my favorite one is, is the Indiana Jones. The, the, the Indiana Jones one is, is a, it's a top tier one. Yeah. I, I like the Indiana Jones one. I, I like um, the, uh, like the Game Boy looking one. My inflatable shark will always be close to my heart. Mm. Yeah. And I'm always going to have a soft spot for my trial. I have a Trials Ghost shell. That will always be one of my favorites just because, like, I earned that shit. Mm-hmm. So I, I have not taken it off since I got it. I, uh... There's better ones, but those are the three that I like the most. Yeah. I really like the, uh, the Aviator one with the old-timey, like, airplane helmet. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, yeah, uh, Maverick. Yeah, that yeah. One, it's pretty funny. I really like that one. Um, so, Panda also has a uh, a follow up question. Any comments or concerns about the Seahawks? I'm um, concerned the Seahawks are going to run over the Browns this weekend. <laughs> I not really. I'm concerned that Pete Carroll is one day one day going to die from like celebrating on the sideline and like choke on his giant wad of gum. By the way, Pete Carroll can uh play quarterback for the browns that weekend right because uh no. we need one no <laughs> real bad no. are you sure i saw him tossing um, the ball around at practice he looked better than pj walker man there was there was an interview that came out uh the nfl films did with geno smith about his relationship with pete carroll and it was like both of them they weren't in the same room 
but uh, they were both being interviewed about each other and just like some of the mic'd up moments between those two from last season and this season and like the change from how Gino was like really timid last year coming into the starter role and like there were there was one game that was shown and it was uh it was a game against the Chargers where the officials made a terrible call and Gino was all upset about it and Pete's calling to him as he's walking away to go to the huddle and Pete's like Gino 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 and Gino turns around and he just he looks at him and he just like basically motions at him he's like come on deep breaths deep breaths the next pass is a 30 year a 30 yard bullet down the field to Tyler Lockett um I think that it really shows like the kind of character that Pete Carroll has. Like it's, it's a hall of fame mindset, right? Uh There's no way this guy isn't a first ballot. Um, but also that like, he deserves an awful lot of credit, not just for the defense, uh, during the Legion of boom, but like for the character of his players and for like making them better than they are. Like he's taken a guy who would probably be like an, like an above average backup on a typical team. Uh Mm-hmm gave him a chance at being the starter and he led him to the playoffs. Yeah. So like Geno Smith is like the feel good story of the NFL. I think. Yeah. Um, Dude. I, I remember last year when he started and people were like freaking out and he had like an amazing season. I was so season. upset. I was so upset. Like everybody was, we, we had just lost Wilson. We were all convinced that Pete Carroll was the problem. And like, no, it's been pretty clear that it was, it was Russ who was the problem. I don't know. He's uh, having a pretty sweet season in Denver right now. <laughs> Yeah, him and Sean Payton are really doing great over there. Oh, my God. Um, I think that long-term, they probably have some concerns at quarterback because this team isn't bad enough to tank for someone like Caleb Williams or uh, Drake May. But they're also not good enough to win the Super Bowl right now. If they won a Super Bowl with Geno, they'd erect a fucking statue of him outside of century link like tomorrow yeah um i don't this team has so much talent though like it's actually really funny how i see people just continue like shitting on the seahawks mm-hmm. uh, and i don't say that as a homer it's like no you you watch them and like okay so they lost a, they lost a close game to the Bengals, and they played a really really bad first half against the rams which caused them to lose their season opener like this team's four and two right now yeah they're certainly not in trouble. <laughs> they have a realistic chance to win the division because San Francisco dropped two games in a row that they should not have dropped. Yeah. So I don't have, I do have long-term concerns about Gino. Um, but that, I mean, if he continues to perform like he did last year, you know, then that's the steal of a lifetime on that contract. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, he's the 18th highest paid quarterback in the league, and he's performing way better than that. Uh-huh. So he's performing arguably as a top 10 quarterback again. So, yeah, I, I, lo- I love the, I love watching the Seahawks. They bring joy to my heart. Um, I think when you've been a fan of bad teams for so much of your life, yeah, we're uh, not, not necessarily like bad outside of the Rangers. Like every team I root for has been pretty decent in my lifetime. Um, it like it puts things in perspective. Cor- Corey knows he's a tortured Cleveland sports fan. Don't remind um, me that like when you finally make it over that hump, it's so sweet. And you're like, I got one. That's all I need. Oh my God. Like, dude! In 2016, when the Cavs beat the Warriors yeah. was. That's like as, as much as I wanted the Warriors to win that time. I wanted to see back to backs. I think Steph Curry's the best player of his generation. Like he, that is one of the greatest sports stories ever. Yeah. Like, 
And I think like G- Gino winning a title with the Seahawks would be like on par with that. Like you look at the talent they've been able to put around that guy. And the whole reason we got all that talent is because Russ walked the, the rebuild takes years otherwise. Yeah. But instead we immediately jumped into contention. So I'm excited. I, I, I love, I love football. I love my Seahawks. I love the throwback unis. I'm ready. My concern is that the uniforms are too sexy. That's my concern. I have to say, Josh, you're talking about rebuilding. Two years from now, the the Browns are going to have to uh, just, I don't know what they're going to do, man. I mean, they may have to do it in like the next year or two, frankly. Well, they, they do. We have no salary cap room because we're paying. Which is wild. <laughs> I mean, at this at this point, like, if the team can't compete, do you like ship Miles Garrett off for as many picks as possible? I don't know, man. Or do you think he's going to be like Joe Thomas and just be a lifer? No, I think he's too good for that. I mean, Joe Thomas. I mean, Joe Thomas, first ballot Hall of Famer. I know. So I know. Did you know that Joe that Peyton Manning tried to talk him into coming to Denver yep. to win a Super Bowl, yep. and he's like, "No, nah, I'm yep. going to stay in Cleveland." Yep. It's like, man, he is the ultimate loyal professional. Yeah. I love Joe Thomas, yep. man. I love him. One, one, one of the greats at his position to ever play the game. I know. Um, Zhao writes in with our final question of the night, though. And I wanted to save this for last. Because um, we did talk about it on Xbox Casuals. But we'll give some spoiler-free thoughts here. Spoiler-free thoughts on Spider-Man 2. Uh, uh, it's one of the best games of the year. It improves on 2018 in every single way. Every conceivable way. I haven't played it. It is yet, so I don't have any thoughts. Maybe the second best superhero game ever made. Behind what? Uh I think it's only real competition is Arkham as uh, Arkham City. That's the only competition. and like I didn't particularly care for Arkham City that much. So I my top ten in superhero games is wildly different than most people's. The only Batman game that makes that list for me is Arkham Asylum. Yeah, Arkham Asylum. I don't have Arkham City on my top ten. Yeah. I also like played a lot of Marvel games as a kid. Yeah. So uh, I've got like the uh, the Super Nintendo X Men game on my list. Yeah. Um. Oh, what? God, what Legends. was it? I've got X Men. I've got X Men Legends on there. Oh, X Men Legends. I've got um, Hulk Ultimate Destruction, Ultimate Spider Man from the GameCube and PS2. Ooh, that was a cell shaded one, right? Yep. That is that is until now that was still my favorite Spider Man game. Miles Morales is on my list. That phenomenal game. Insomniac's original Spider Man game has to be on there. Uh-huh. Um, it's a lot of Spider Man games. <laughs> uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is on there. I love Ultimate Alliance. Three, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> one. Number one is on there. Um, that was a joke I have Marvel. Everybody. Marvel vs. Capcom three. Um. If, I don't know if that counts, but I'm counting it. Sure, anyways. it does. I'm counting it. I'm counting three because it did an actual story about <laughs> Doctor Doom and Albert Wesker tried to take over the universe. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, because Albert Wesker is definitely as intimidating as Doctor Fucking Doom. Yeah. Also, um, they're both really great team players. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Doctor Doom actually can be a team player, though. Um. Yeah, uh, I mean, I. I have a hard time slotting Arkham City on my list. I just, I didn't care for it when I played it. I think Arkham Asylum was a way tighter experience. So, and I'm not, Arkham Knight is nowhere near being a top 10 superhero game. Yeah. City of Heroes could be on my list. City of Heroes fucking rocked. I loved that back in the day. Yeah. 
but that was my first MMO. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with the future of the Insomniac verse. Um, we talked about it a little bit on Xbox Casuals, but Spider-Man 3 is a given, and it feels like um, they're going to do Insomniac's version of the Avengers at some point. Um, I wonder. It feels like they're really willing to that. I actually wonder if they're going to do some sort of like X Men, like instead of Avengers, because Avengers had such a bad, gave such a bad taste in everybody's mouth. I don't think so. I think they there's enough evidence in uh, the three Spider Man games that I think the the evidence and the gameplay variations that they have throughout the three games are definitely hinting towards we're prototyping for an Avengers game. Uh, that would probably be their multiplayer game that they're working on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's my suspicion. Because I think that you could take Wolverine and you can have like X-Men cameo in his game. And yeah. you but oh hey, we've already got the combat nailed for Wolverine. Let's put Wolverine as one of the characters in Avengers. Yeah. That would make sense. You got Wolverine and two Spider Man already on deck. Great. You've got the prototype for Iron Man right there in how the web suits uh fly. Yeah. So, like, you've got stealth gameplay there if you're uh, gonna go for, like, a Black Widow brawler-type character. Yeah. And, I mean, like, you need a prototype. Well, there's arguably some similarities to the Hulk also. <laughs> and, um, you know, prototype Captain America after that, and you're pretty good. Do you... Uh, like, no joke. Do you think... Uh... <laughs> What would be really funny is since uh, Avengers... Is... You can even do Thor because of the lightning powers. Yeah. I, so uh, what would be really funny is if like since the since uh crystal dynamics avengers game is not is delisted that they just called it marvel's avengers <laughs> i mean they probably would i know but I, that would be really funny if they did that <laughs> i think it would have to be like marvel's the like marvel the avengers yeah or like avengers assemble or something yeah, it would have to be, like, Avengers with, like, a subtitle after. And they'd have to, like, make sure in, that Peter and Miles are, like, front and center on the cover so you know this is the good Avengers game. Yeah. it Like, it would ha- it would probably have to be... uh Well, Peter would probably be in the center, right? And then Wolverine and Miles on each side. I would just... Probably. That, that would be my guess. Yeah. All right, Corey. We're gonna we're gonna go through lower corner real quick. We uh, this has been a very long. It episode. has. I didn't even notice what time it was. <laughs> um. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna fly through uh, at least one of these lower corners tonight. I, we're just, we're gonna do one. We're gonna do one. We're gonna save the other one for next week. We're gonna do the one. Uh, this is chapter two of Tales of the Forgotten, volume three, which is the book you can earn by doing the haunted sectors. The room Eris had stuck in Maruin was minuscule. There were no windows to watch the hours and days pass by, no electronics to hack, just containers of decommissioned armor stacked against the far wall, and one small empty crate in the middle of the room adorned with a handwritten sign that simply said, You, and an arrow pointing menacingly downward. It was placed there as a warning after he was caught lurking around the more sensitive areas of the tower. Ikora had confiscated his shaded shell disguise and placed a hidden agent somewhere outside to report his every move. She did, however, leave some blank crossword pages for him. Imaru stared at the crate, emitted a low power, low pitched growl as a lone sleeper bot entered, surprising the ghost. He circled, then scanned his random and unexpected visitor. It was standard issue, nothing special. Imaru was disappointed. I still can't believe Savathun would do this to me, Ikora. Imaru said to the bot as he flew directly into his face, The nerve of it all, leaving me here as collateral, and then to ask for information? Hmm. He watched as the bot shuffled away and broomed the open crate. 
Then again, who says I have to share everything? Imaru swooped around, quickly hacking into the sweeper bot systems. Grab an empty kit bag from over there. Should be just the right size if I remove a little weight. As the bot complied, Imaru chuckled, shedding his standard hive shell. Right. Time for a jailbreak. This isn't, like, particularly deep. I just think it's very funny that it, like, adds... It's, like, picking up directly where the seasonal narrative leaves off. Yeah. That, like, I like the idea that, like, some of these chapters are actually, like, oh, we kind of need to read these because it's, like, his side adventures. Uh And uh, we're going to read about his uh, his initial escape from... uh, We're sneaking around in the tower. His shaded shell. For anyone who, like, is curious what that is, that's the ghost shell with the singular sunglass on it. Uh It's, that's hilarious. I just think it's hilarious that they're referencing those shells in universe now. Yeah, that's great. The idea that the, that the Vanguard probably thought this was some great idea, and them and Tess fucking charged all the Guardians for new ghost shells is hilarious. I like to think that in universe they're doing this. That that in universe the Guardians are just as outraged and are complaining to Zavala right now. Uh-huh. So. That, that's all we got. Very quick, very quick lower corner tonight. We're going to do some more next week. We got some more Amaru uh, to get through. And then, uh, man, we've really only got three weeks left in this season. That's crazy, man. This this season went by pretty fast, I feel like. I think we had so much going on at the same time, too. Yeah. But uh, it, it also feels like it's going to go. Really, there's uh, a little over a month left. But uh, we only have three episodes left in the season. So, yeah. Well, Josh. Well, Corey. We say we get out of here. Let's do it. I want to thank everybody for watching and/or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. Uh, if you are on iTunes, give us a give us a rating and a nice review, or Spotify. Uh, if you're watching, yes. if you're watching on YouTube, uh, subscribe to the channel, like the video, smash the bell, as the kids say. Josh, did you know that? Did you know people say that? I do know people say that. Mm. Anyways, Josh, thank you for your time tonight. Where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn. I'm still there. Still there. Still there. Uh, you can find me at I am Corey in HD. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else. Join the Discord. That's the last thing. Join the Discord. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm.